It was a prime year for evil masquerading as normalcy. Just three months prior to the Ohio trip, 19 hijackers had strolled onto four separate jet planes and in a single morning changed the face of modern history. It was now late December of 2001, and Wall and James, traveling through airports in the wake of September 11th with their guns in tow, had caused high drama, even with their badges, identification, and pale Kansan faces. Every aspect of this case seemed a lost cause— but coming from the town of Olathe, which, in the time since the murder, had seen its open fields of wheat and wildflowers give way to suburban sprawl, Wall and James were used to demonstrating resilience in the face of change. They anticipated that Melinda would be as unreceptive as she had been in 1982, when a group of high-placed evangelicals from the Church of the Nazarene cloaked her in a mantle of spiritual immunity. She was allowed to leave the city without being subjected to so much as a single, formal police interview. Today, the plan was to mollify her, to make it seem as if she was not a suspect. At the same time, they would imply that they had new DNA evidence, which, depending on test results they hadn't received yet, might or might not be true. They would flap their gums like forensic specialists in the hope that she watched too many real crime shows and would fold. They would also threaten to blab around town about the crime— her husband, the new one, was a well-to-do cosmetic dentist, and the pair gave heartily to local charitable organizations. The detectives would tell a few key neighbors, clients of the dental practice, fellow church members, and even the recipients of Melinda's charitable donations, if it'd help seal the deal. Of course, it was all a bluff. If she told them to get lost, or more likely, no thank you, or I have to speak to an attorney, they would stop themselves from calling her some choice names, then depart and head back to Kansas, fingers crossed that on their way home they weren't arrested at the airport. At the very least, in just catching a glimpse of Melinda in the doorway, they could take a quick measure— her looks were an avenue of intrigue. She had been so alluring back in 1982. Had guilt exacted a toll upon that attractive face, that inviting body? From the look of her home and current photos of Mark, her suspected partner in the bloodbath who had not aged a lick, they highly doubted it. As the detectives reached the threshold, they affected flat gazes— James would play the sympathetic cop, Wall the more aggressive one. In the end, it wasn't a knock on the door or a forceful twist of the doorknob, but a doorbell that announced their presence. Local detective Eric Griffin had done the honors. The door opened and there was a moment's pause all around. Melinda stood in her ornate foyer, glowing in the Christmas lights, dressed in nothing but a robe with a towel wrapped tight around her hair. She then did something neither Wall nor James had expected, 
During the hours they had stared bleary-eyed and hunched over that case file in the old-fashioned Olathe police station. Before they had even identified themselves, she beckoned the detectives inside.